0: Welcome to episode 166 of the GSD Entrepreneur Podcast with your hosts, Jules and Stace.
1: Running a successful business never comes without its challenges, but it also includes a lot of highs. In this GSD Entrepreneur Podcast, we explore both. We dive into what it looks like when the entrepreneurs are committed to getting jobs done. These are people who are pursuing their dreams, so we dig deep to understand how they are doing it. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride.
0: Hey there, GSD Entrepreneur listeners. We are coming to you from hot and sunny Charleston, South Carolina. And I am Jules, your host, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Stace. Hello. All right. I'm excited about this episode. So we just got on the mic with you two weeks ago and talked about... What's happened for us? Sort of did a debrief on the last three and a half months during COVID, but we wanted to get back on the mic again today to talk about what we've accomplished in in COVID, and one thing in in particular uh, that we would love for you to hear about. So, yeah, yeah, let's just get into it. Go ahead.
1: Things we've accomplished. Well, it's not that we don't have other guests. We do have other guests, but we wanted to take, we just needed to pause this week because we do, we do have some exciting news to share with our listeners.
0: Yeah. Um, And we've got some incredible guests coming up after this for the next couple of weeks that we've, um, that we've already spent time with. I just
1: didn't want our listeners to think that they only have us to listen to from here on out. Oh gosh, no, that would,
0: (laughs) our, our listenership would probably decline rapidly. Um, but, but we do want to make the announcement that, uh, this week our book so our our, okay let me just finish that statement this week our book rescue our children's book rescued by Rico rescued by (laughs) Rico
1: are you Elmer (laughs) Fudd. that's hard to say it's really (laughs) hard to say
0: um but our book rescued by Rico just went live on a crowdfunding campaign called Indiegogo but let's take you back Let's take you back to where this whole concept started so that you know, and you always know this, but you know, ideas don't just happen in a vacuum. They're usually many, many years. Like people, I've heard one time somebody said, Oh, you're an overnight success or a 10 year overnight entrepreneurial success, which is like tongue in cheek for it took you forever to look like you had overnight success. Right. Exactly. So anyway, so let's take, let's take you back as mm-hmm. listeners. And, um, let, let you know kind of where this all started. Stacey, you want to do that? So it was a hot,
1: hot day. (laughs) I mean, not like, not like that. Like in the cornfield. Yeah. Um, so, um, actually Jules and I have a love for dogs. We are always Mm -hmm. like, you know, I mean, there are cat people and there are dog people. I'm both, I'm a cat and a dog person. Um, and you know, and
0: I'm a dog person, not right. that I hate cats. I'm not that kind of person, but I get super allergic and it's in our head, but.
1: Oh my gosh. It is <laughs> not.
0: In, anybody who understands cat allergies knows that is not in your head. And the weirdest thing is whenever I'm around them, I think they have the sixth sense that they know that mm-hmm. I'm allergic. So all they want to do is get right up next to me and purr and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, of yeah. course me,
1: I'm like, Oh, come. And they run for me. And they
0: don't want to hang out with you. Yeah. But me, the allergic one who will literally start sneezing and eyes watering and all of that,
1: they come to me. So. But I did hear the more you're around cats, the less you're aller- You don't have that. It's not going to
0: happen. The more you eat watermelon, the more you're going to like it. Is well, that I, true? I
1: keep trying. <laughs> so we'll just keep getting kittens. Um, so anyway, uh, so there are your dog people and your and then there's your rescue dog people and then there's your breed dog people um breeder dog people. Um we are both, we're a family of both. We we had a golden retriever that um was we got from a breeder or Jules got from a breeder and, and- it was
0: honestly the best money that I spent. Yeah. I knew she was supposed to be mine. That's right. the thing. So and she was like my therapy. So right. I actually saved a whole lot of money by getting Berkeley. <laughs> yeah.
1: And then I've had two rescues. Um, Buster, um, he was just a, a love, but he was such a good dog that when I moved from Aiken, um, South Carolina to Charleston, my parents um, told me I couldn't have him because he was such a good dog and um, he liked to be outdoors and I didn't have a yard. So so then Lucy happened in my life and who is a she was a stray pit bull mix. Um And with one blue eye, one brown eye, and just super special dog, a friend of mine found her in Holly Hill, South Carolina, just walking down the street. Um, She was just the ugliest thing you've ever seen. She was about maybe a year and a half when we found her, had her going on 13 years now she um, is precious um, and just uh, yeah. love love anybody that says pit bulls are mean is their owner um obviously through lucy i am not a mean person <laughs> at all <laughs> but also she's super lazy so i don't know what about me all she wants to do is sleep so we're both um and i do like cats and when we have enough land we're gonna have kitties too because i just have a, a love for animals um, is it
0: that you love cats, or is it that you love that cats keep
1: snakes away? Oh, I love cats. We grew up with cats. Okay. Um, <laughs> my first cat, I'll give you a little trivia. Oh, geez. My first cat's name was Thomas Didymus Peter Adams Adamus. And, and you called him? Flash. <laughs> He was he was as fast as Flash Gordon. But where'd you come up with Thomas Didymus Skidimus Geratimus? Thomas Didymus Peteratimus Geratimus. Okay. That's those are from Bible the Bible. Um, oh
0: so spiritual. Thomas, yeah.
1: But it was my <laughs> great grandmother. Uh, my great grandmother she always if we would go there on Sundays and she would always she always said she wanted a cat and she wanted to name it Thomas Didymus, Peter Adams Skidatimus. And so Skidatimus is a Bible name? I don't know. I don't know. Look it up. I'm not sure which it's cat. It's Hezekiah. But it was funny because she had, she used to tell us about this little kitty that would show up to her back doorstep and she named it Buttercup.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: um, But she always wanted a cat, the name of Thomas Denimus Peter Adams Skidatimus. There you but go. She called it Buttercup. It wasn't hers. Um, okay. She just said it was a neighborhood <laughs> cat. So anyway. I just see her name was Belle, my great-grandmother. I could see her talking about that. But anyway, we we digress. We digress very quickly. But that's okay. We're talking about animals, and it's our podcast. That's right. So anyway, so um, one day, so we, you know, um, what is it, um, McLaughlin. Carly. Sarah. Oh, oh. (laughs) Shout out to Carly, who's not even McLaughlin anymore. She's Carly McCord. Sarah, the other McLaughlin, right. um, when she comes on and she shows those videos of the dogs, like we turn the TV. There's, it makes me so sad because we start crying. I, it's yeah. just the saddest thing. But so I uh,
0: have a dear friend, Lisa Price, who's a huge rescue dog animal yes, lover, her. and she's got three just precious little granny granny girls, granny pups, mm-hmm. and um, and so we've we're connected to a lot of people who love rescues, yeah. and we really respect them for that. Yeah.
1: So we were, um, I was at the doctor's office and Jules, uh, was here at the house working and, um... This was two years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, two and, almost two and a half years ago. Yeah. And, um, we, I was scrolling through Facebook as you do when you're at the doctor's office and I was scrolling through and I saw a friend of ours, uh, Shannon Dickerson, she had posted something about this brown pup that she had found in Puerto Rico. Um, and she's just, you know, she was just saying, if anybody can help me, please, if you can help, I will get him to you. And, of course, almost at the same time, Jules and we can't remember the whole story, but Jules texted and said, hey, did you see Shannon's post? And I was like, yes. And at the same time, we were like, we need to get him. And we were like, what? We, you know, we were both shocked. But it it tugged on our heartstrings so much that we were like, we need to get this pup and we need to take care of him. It was weird. Mm-hmm. It was like,
0: I, I don't know. It was like we just knew, like, mm-hmm. he was supposed to be ours, yeah. and both of us did. So it wasn't one of us convincing the other. Nope. I mean, um, yeah. So and so
1: really um, interesting. one of us said, hey, Shanna, if you can get him to Charleston, South Carolina, we'll take him. Now, at that time, Shanna had a house here, um, and but she was living in um, – she was helping after the hurricanes and mm-hmm. the BVI's in Puerto Rico and – just a really heart for helping, um, recovery mm-hmm. and animals. Um, and she was so gracious and she was like, I'll do everything I can because obviously she lived here part time. So she could see Rico whenever she came or his name wasn't Rico at the time. Um, she could see this Brown pup, um, when she came in town. So you kind of want to add in the story? You're doing great. It's uh, <laughs> my podcast today. That's right. Um, um, So she had to do so much to get him to us. Uh, She, so he was so thousands of dollars. She, he was so sick. (laughs) So she. Let's back it up a little bit. She saw this pup, and she said people were, like, stepping over him. He was in the middle of a Mexican restaurant, an outdoor Mexican restaurant, and there were so many dogs on the streets of Puerto Rico, and um, she just said he just looked defeated, completely defeated, and he was laying there to die.
0: He was a huge chocolate lab Mm -hmm. curled up in a tiny ball because he was 20 pounds underweight. Right and just malnourished obviously and Dirty. all kinds of yeah mangy
1: um and he um she's like i just sat there and so i went and got him some chicken or But I,
0: in all reality you'd be pretty mangy dirty and underweight too if you lived outside through two hurricanes right exactly so, i mean imagine I mean, imagine just, that and then just beat to hell yeah. i mean um, he had scars on him and he act. we actually
1: found out that he was shot mm-hmm. he had a bullet in his um in his ribcage abdomen yeah. area um, and yeah, we had some x-rays done and they, they found that. So, you know, just crazy with this dog if, if he could talk and, and, um, what his stories would have been. <clears throat> so she got him some chicken and he like could barely lift his head. And then he finally uh, came over to her and just laid there and ate. And when um, she got up to leave, she just, she just cried. I mean, she literally wept because this dog was so sad. And you can see he was so defeated. And there's a book, there's one of my favorite books is called um, How Full Is Your Bucket? And it talks about the psychology of people and how people can literally will themselves to die. It happened in the um, American Korea, Korean War where more American soldiers died just from psychological defeat than anything else. And I think that's where Rico was. He was just Mm -hmm. so defeated
0: that he just
1: was willing himself to die, but he didn't want to die alone. And I feel like he wanted to die around people because he was obviously a people dog. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she um, went in, got him the next day, picked him up and took him to the vet. And I mean, this is a long story of everything she had to do, but Ultimately, she um, had to get like fake records to no, get him so illegally Here's some illegally um was. because he was so sick he could not fly a commercial. Um, he would have died. Uh, he had such separation anxiety and just um, that, and he was terrified of storms. That if you put him in a cage, he would have killed himself to oh, get yeah, out. For sure. Um, so, yep. Yeah, so she eventually called in the forces was able to get him to a doctor that wrote him a certificate to get of of health mm-hmm. to get him here. But he she had to find a private jet to fly him over. Mm-hmm. And so she reached out to um, Kenny Chesney's people and their huge dog rescuers and they were able to to get him. Mm-hmm. I think he was on two planes. He was on two planes, yep. And then flew into
0: I believe it was Mobile, Alabama. Alabama. And Shanna had to rent an SUV because she had to keep him in mm-hmm. his crate because he wasn't used to riding in cars like that. And so she had to keep him in the crate um, and drive him all the way up from Mobile, Alabama. And she drove right to our house. Uh, and that was when we had Rico and Lucy meet for the first time. Yeah.
1: And so we went to our neighbor's backyard because Lucy... She is a one dog pup. Like you can't have two dogs around her because she becomes she is she becomes obsessive around one with one dog. So if another dog comes up, and we didn't so have another dog similar like to her owner. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, but we didn't know how bringing in an old dog who's still very sick. He had heartworms and he just could not. You know, they had him on some medicine. Um, we didn't know how she would react mm-hmm. to this old. Old man pup coming in, so we yeah. took him to our neighbor's backyard for them to meet. And let me tell you, that was love at first sight. It was, it was crazy. It was the weirdest thing I've never seen her act like that towards any other dog. Um, and may, maybe, mostly she's been around female dogs, she hasn't been around a lot of uh, male she was dogs. She's pretty in love
0: with Berkeley, she was,
1: yeah. Um, yeah, um, yeah, she, you're right, she did, she was. Um, but. I've never seen her like this, yeah. where she it was almost, it was Instantaneous, like, you sure. could see their hearts beating for each other, yeah. and they're, you know, yeah. like the eyes <laughs> that on Bugs Bunny that pops out with the hearts. Yeah. Um, it was, they were fast and furious, best friends, lovers, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they had been together for 14 years together, because they were almost the same age. Yeah. Um, Can you just picture them, like, sitting around talking about the good old days? Uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Of like telling each other their story, and oh man, so cute, uh-huh. yeah. So, anyway, so that's when Shanna, um, we had decided to name him Rico, right, just to honor where he came from and his mm-hmm. her- heritage and <laughs> all of that. Um, so we called him Rico, and um, and yeah, they connected, and then we brought him inside. And I'm not gonna lie, the first two
1: weeks were hell. Oh man, it uh, was rough yeah it was (laughs) pun intended
0: (laughs) oh we think we're so funny um but yeah it was really really it was really challenging because rico had major anxiety so we had the the kennel that um shanna we had a kennel that we, we used from that and that didn't work he busted out of that Um, And then we bought another crate for him, and Mm -hmm. that didn't work. He literally Houdini'd out of that. And I remember you taking zip ties and literally zip tying. And duct taping. And duct taping, like whatever we could to keep the crate, the door shut and together and all of that. And we came home because we knew we couldn't leave him out because he would have chewed things and all of that. So we had to crate him.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, we tried to leave him out, and he ripped down the the blinds. He (laughs) chewed through the... um, On the back door, on the glass door, the paneling stuff. He chewed through that. He had blood everywhere. He knocked the um, mailbox thing off the wall.
0: Yeah, but we couldn't not go places. So we had to figure out ways. So we put him in a crate. And we came home one time, and he had busted out of the crate with the zip ties and the duct tape and everything. Mm -hmm. We're like, oh, my gosh, you are Houdini.
1: Yeah, I mean, so,
0: yeah, it was horrible. Yeah, so we we were both stressed. And then at nighttime... Oh, it was terrible because he was so anxious and um, he would lay in our room because that's where Lucy slept on the floor and we put a bed in there and he would cry the whole night so we weren't sleeping. Honestly, I felt like we had a child, um, a a newborn baby, but he was an old man. So anyway, so then we decided that you had to go on a trip. And so I'm like, all right, I'll sleep out on the couch with Rico And you will shut the door to the bedroom, and we barricaded the bedroom and everything. And he was so anxious, he wanted to be near you, Mm -hmm. he wanted both of us to be together. And so, and the screaming,
1: the screaming, you would have thought somebody was being killed. I know, and he would it was not a (laughs) roof bark, it was a yell, like a screaming woman. Yeah, it was terrible. Um, So, we did CBD,
0: we did thunder shirts, um, we did. I mean, all everything that we could Google, possibly Google, right. we just we bought so that yeah. we could try,
1: and it didn't work. None no, of that worked. None of it so it worked. Luckily, Shanna comes back in as another hero uh, for, with us, and she, uh, one of her friends, was a vet, and he prescribed uh, Trazodone, Trazodone, right, and Xanax, and Xanax, um, for Rico, um, and. Yeah, so it would just knock him out. We had to. Yeah. Um, now, we didn't do that for long because we, we he, he had to learn to trust us. He mm-hmm. had to learn that when we got left, we were coming back. Um, but we also found a military crate, dog yeah. crate. Online on, on Craigslist, I think, or yeah, Facebook, Facebook market. Yeah, yeah, Facebook market. And we had to go get it. And this this huge metal crate um, that we had to put in our house. Oh, it was like, I mean,
0: it was literally a military with the, the black writing, mm-hmm. the military numbers, and all of that. And it was probably what, five feet long yep. by three feet high. Yep. With like, it's, it was all metal. I mean, it was it was, the, it was, you know, it was that, like gel,
1: gel bars. Um, yeah. Uh, where he could see out and where you could, have had little slots where you could feed him in water and we didn't do that. And so that ended up, it was crazy enough. He ended up loving that. That became his safe haven. So, we, yeah. what we would do is, we would, uh, Lucy always sleeps in the bedroom with us during the night, and then we would have Rico's bed in there. And so, they would sleep in the bedroom at night on the floor, but during the day, I, I would take his bed and put it in his crate. Yeah. Um, and not in put, now we wouldn't put him in the crate, but as time went by, when he got anxious, he would go and lay in that crate with the door open. Yeah. So that became his little safe haven. Uh-huh. Um, and um, so after about a month, we were able to get him off all the anxiety medicine and where he felt safe that when we left and he went in the crate, he was going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I was working with this old man who um, had just been abandoned and just abused but um, he was definitely, definitely somebody's product. Oh my gosh, yes. He, uh, he wasn't a just was. a street dog.
0: He knew what a couch
1: was, that's for sure. Not that he was allowed on the couch, but anytime he wanted to try to get on the couch, he would try. Yeah. could.
0: Yeah, man, he was just, anybody that got to know Rico just fell in love with him. Um, he was just something really special. Mm-hmm. And then we started, well you really, but making all of his own food mm-hmm. to get him back to weight. So at first, just to put pounds on him, we got him that junk Junk dog food, soft dog food from Walmart.
1: It it's like hamburger. Yeah, it's my kind of thing. It's called Mighty Meat or Meat Mighty or something like that. It's like the hamburger. It looks like Play-Doh. It's really bright red. And he loved it. uh, (laughs) He ate that like it was candy. Um,
0: Yeah, but he started putting weight back on, and then we said, okay, we need to get him healthy. And so we started making all of his own food, making Mm -hmm. all Lucy's food, and he put all 20 pounds back on it. So he was, and his Mm -hmm. hair was as soft as it, or his fur or whatever, was as soft as it could have been um, after he started really getting healthy yeah. again. But he still had the issue with the heartworms. And so we had to, but he was too old to go on strong, quick heartworm medicine. Yeah. So we had him on the slow heartworm um, medicine and we would take him for really short walks to get him outside. But um, it, his gait, I'll never forget how he walked. It felt like a cowboy that just got off a horse. Yeah. where It was like, kind of knobby in the bud and um I mean it's it's just really awesome such great memories of him uh but yeah so we had him for I mean we go on trips with him remember Mm -hmm. we have a video of him he loved being in the car he
1: loved it and even when we weren't Going on trips. He would jump up in the car. If I, I was them.
0: vacuuming in the car and the door was open, he would jump yeah. in it and be like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going right where you guys I are going. I have a
1: video of me trying to get him out of the car and he just completely ignored me. He was like, I'm not I'm not leaving. You're not going without me. So yep. he was just a funny dude. I mean, he was. Yeah. But we had um we we wanted to know more about him. We wanted to know like um what was his history? And so a friend of ours, Cindy Livingston, who is also big um her and her friend Karen were are real big rescue people uh that they've only had rescue dogs. Um they're they're funny all their dogs look have looked alike. Um all different breeds but, but they all look alike. They're yeah. all like tan and white but so cute. um so cute. Yeah, absolutely. But she was telling us about this dog psychic. She had she had um hired for one of their dogs. Yeah, which I have to say I've never done that before. I haven't either. I-
0: You know, I mean, skeptic, maybe, I don't know, but I've never, I've never worked with a psychic or any of that before. So when she told us about it, it was a little bit like, ah, okay. But the stories that she told of what this person knew were pretty incredible. And so we're like, well, what do we have to lose? I think it was 75 bucks for an hour or something.
1: Um, so, so so yeah. So the lady, I I texted her. She didn't know my last name. She didn't know your name. She didn't know anything about Rico. She didn't know. Any, she I just said a friend of ours um, has used your services before, and we would love to to use you. And so it, she only does it over the phone. There, it wasn't in person. And so she um, she called us, mm-hmm. and she, all she wanted to know was what color he was. Right. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, and what his name was, because she had to call him, find him. Right. Which was, and so this, I mean, this that was an hour-long session, or half an hour-long session, so we won't tell you everything. But funny things about it, she said, um, she she couldn't understand me, and we were like, um, well, first of all, she she said, who has bigger hands? Who's been in the caregiving field? She said, one of you have been in the caregiving field, and that was me, because my back, background is in medical and she said, "Which one of you have bigger hands?" And Jules's hands are just a little bit bigger than mine, I like a half a, a little bit, little yeah. bit millimeter, or whatever. Um, but Jules's hands are a little bit bigger than mine. And Jules was rubbing his chin, and she and, and she had no idea. She was she couldn't see, and she said, "He says he likes this." Yeah, he, she
0: said it's really comforting, and um, he feels at home with you
1: guys. Mm-hmm. We were like,
0: how does she know we're rubbing his chin? Yeah,
1: exactly. And so then he goes, she goes, but I'm really having trouble understanding. And then we're like, of course, because he's from Puerto Rico. He doesn't speak Spanish. (laughs) (laughs) Which is Um, really, really funny. But what she saw through his eyes or whatever are broken out windows, which was from the hurricane. She um, figured out he had heartworms, that he had some medical conditions um i think well yeah
0: that was the story when she was like okay let me let me just see if i can see his house let me see if i can see where he lives and so we were like okay and so then there's like a two minute silence where she's trying to figure it out and then she was like it doesn't this doesn't make sense to me but um everything feels empty like all the buildings feel empty and the The windows, like, they're not there. Like, there's no windows. And Stace and I are just looking at each other like, oh, my God. She goes, does that make any sense to you at all? And we just went, yep, it makes total sense. But we don't say anything more. Like, we just say, yep, that makes total sense. And um, so she said a couple of, she goes, he just really wants you to know how grateful he is. Mm -hmm. That's the word that, um, you know, I guess in Spanish that he was using. Uh, that he's just really grateful that we took him in mm. and that he felt at home, which was which was really cool.
1: Yeah. So at the end, she said, if I, because she did, still didn't know what Rico looked like, and we ended up sending her a picture and then at the very end told her the story of Rico um, so she knew how spot on she was in all of her, and uh, what Rico was telling her, or however that works. Um, and she said, before she saw a picture of she said, if I had to guess what Rico would be like, he would be, if he was a man, he would smoke cigars and drink bourbon. <laughs> and that was Rico. To a T. To a T. Yeah. I And mean, we always said that. We made a little bow tie for him and our big bow tie for his Easter outfit. And he, that's him. He, that's yeah. what he looked like. He had like this little gray beard on his, on his muzzle. And, um, but so fun yeah that, um, that- I will
0: say one other story that um, from that that call. So she he was laying down in front of us and she said, um, let me do it let me just do a check over him to see how his um, like his body, like his health and we we're like, well, that'd be great. And so she's like, okay, give me give me just a minute because I've got to you know connect with him And so she connects with him and she said, his hips are bad And she said, but he wants you to mm-hmm. know, that it doesn't hurt him to walk and he just really appreciates that you go slow Mm. and I was like oh that's kind of cool because I mean how does she know this stuff you know but it was really true and then she said um she said is there anything else you want me to check and I said well I'm really curious how his heart is and that's all I said she goes all right well let me check and she said Okay, this is weird, she goes, but half of his heart is bright red, like it should be, like pink or whatever but it should be. But the other half of his heart is white, almost like there's not blood in it. She goes, that is really crazy. And she said, let me just look a little bit more. And so she was like, hold on a second. She goes, let me me get something. And she starts, I'm like, what are you doing? And she goes, I'm pulling out this long thing out of his heart. And Stacy and I about peed our pants because we were like heartworms. Yep. And so she pulled this long thing out of his heart, and she waited for a minute, and she goes, there, all better. That side of the heart is pink. We were like, what? <laughs> um, I mean, it just was insane. And I guess, it I don't know, maybe it doesn't have the impact on you that it did to us in that because I think I was such a skeptic. And I still am not sure what I think about mm-hmm. all that. But all I know is... She was friggin' spot on, yeah. and even if she would have found us on Facebook and saw pictures and all of that, there was things that she said that she never, ever, ever would have known. Yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, so it was a cra- yeah. that was a crazy experience.
1: But then we had uh, a dear friend of mine that uh, I grew up with, Don Maynard. She was ever recording a podcast, and she has Prime Chiropractic over in West Ashley, and. Um, and just a wonderful, wonderful friend and wonderful chiropractor. And so, um, she, so she got done, and Rico was laying on the floor. And she goes, "Do you mind if I assess him?" And we're like, and adjust him, yeah, and adjust him. And we're like, "Yeah, he'll like yeah. you." Um, I mean, not that Rico was—he wasn't—he would loved everybody, yeah. But he fell into her arms, like like she got on him his up, back, on his yeah. So she got him up and set him up on his like haunches, and she got behind him. And literally, this dog just relaxed in her arms. It was—we have pictures of it where he's getting adjusted by a chiropractor um, in our home, and he was just literally loving every minute of yeah, it. he was. Um, and she was so gentle with him. Um, so I mean, he had a psychic. He had a chiropractor. He had—he was on. He, he had, had all of his own meals made for him. He had, a, he had a private chef. <laughs> He flew on a private airplane. I mean, this dog, his last five months were like, and he was already in heaven. Yeah. Um, uh, and, but it was just funny that, you know, so many people just. Reached out, wanted to help us support him, and and to get him to us, and then even his aftercare. It was really very special, um, and probably not going to get through this whole interview. But <laughs> I know, I feel
0: it coming too. Um, but he was really—he was our sidekick. I mean, for for only five months. But I'll tell you what—I don't know if if you know as you're listening to this, if you can relate to this. But when you find something or someone that was meant to be yours. It feels like you've known them forever. Mm-hmm. And that's how it was when I met you, Stace, mm-hmm. where I felt like everything else for the for the previous 42 years felt like you were a part of it. And right. I didn't even, you weren't, but right. like it felt like you were. So we've only known each other now seven years, but it feels like we've been a part of each other's lives all of our life. Right. And it was the same thing when we met Rico. I know, it, I know people who don't understand it are like, oh, five months, that's all you had him, it doesn't... But when you know like yeah. what that feels like, you totally can relate to this, mm-hmm. where we felt like, and I guarantee you, Lucy felt like we had had Rico for his entire life. Yeah. We just, we just, he just connected with us on that Mm -hmm. kind of a level. So, and it connected
1: with anybody that walked in the house that was, had been here with Lucy, had known Berkeley, had known us, and and it was like he had just been here all along.
0: Yeah. He was something, he was something special. He really did make a difference in our lives.
1: So, um, so, uh, you know, we did. He, Ended up, we had to, he got really sick after we got married. We got married August 1st and um, about 10 days after he passed away. I think we had gone away for a little anniversary or a little trip. And my mom and was here hey, and taking care of him. And he started passing blood. And then Jules' sister came over and took care of him um, because my mom was scared he was going to pass away. And, and so Jules' sister came over and was taking care of him. And we got him on all this medicine, just trying to save his life. But I think he was trying to stay alive long enough for us to get married. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, we have a really fun picture of mm-hmm. the four of us—Lucy, Rico, Stacey, and I—on the front porch and in our wedding dresses. And um, it's just a really special picture. Uh, and he's a part of our wedding video and all of that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, who knows, but I think that too, where he just wanted to be a part of that celebration. And then once that happened, he went down really, really quickly. Yeah, he did.
1: Yeah. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) so the very last night we knew, we, you know, we knew that we were going to take him in the next morning, um, and put him down. Um, I hate that word too, uh, that we just needed to let him go, uh, yeah
0: well i think and just to kind of go back Mm -hmm. so when we had to um when we had to let berkeley go who was our 13 year old golden retriever we took her to the vet not realizing that we were going to have to put her down that day make the decision that day and so lucy never got to say goodbye and so we just were going to the vet we knew we knew berkey was sick um but we just had no idea and after the vet's um, Council, we just decided to put her, you know, to to let her go over the rainbow bridge that day, and that was a really really hard day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Lucy came home, and for I mean, it's crazy, but for six months she was not herself. Mm-hmm. She was looking for Berkeley. Um, she wouldn't eat. Uh, she, I really honestly think she went into depression. Oh yeah. Um, and so that's why with Rico it was different. Yeah. So did you have you gotten yeah. composure? <laughs>
1: So, so we had made that decision to let, to let Rico go because he was suffering at that point. I mean, he could, we couldn't really even go to the bathroom without, and he was passing blood. And so we knew, um, that our time with him was, uh, was up. And so we took him and Lucy went with us. Um, but the last night he, it was almost that he, they were, they were in their beds in our room and he was so uncomfortable. You could just tell he was just, he was anxious and uncomfortable And it was almost that he walked over, I mean, he, he, whatever, but he, in his cowboy walk. I think I,
0: I think that a couple of nights, I and you got up and slept with him on the floor. Mm -hmm. Like he just was, he was, yeah, he was really struggling. Yeah, he
1: was struggling. And then, but the very last night, it's almost that he walked over to Lucy's bed and asked her if he could sleep in her bed. Yeah. Lucy, it was the weirdest thing. Lucy got out of her little bed. Now, Lucy's a little bit smaller than Rico got out of her little bed and he curled up in her tiny little bed. Mm-hmm. And then she went and got on his big bed Yeah. and she slept, which she's happy. She loves any dog bed. Um, and then he curled up and he slept through the night on her little bed. Yeah. And the next morning he got up and he gave her the morning kiss. Like he so, so always So for five months. Did. And
0: I mean, I kid you not. And again, listener, you might be like, yeah, right. For five months, every morning, he, when he got up, he would, Go to Lucy, find her wherever she was, and kiss her on her head mm-hmm.
1: every, every every morning. Yeah,
0: every morning. It was the cra- and they would share dog bowls, they would share water bowls, they would. I mean, they it, they were it was crazy. I've not I haven't seen anything like it. Yeah, Lucy would eat half
1: of her food and give the rest of Rico. I mean, yeah, he would wait for her to finish and then she would walk away, and it was just weird. Yeah, uh, not weird. It was sweet. But so um so that next morning we loaded up the family and we went to the vet and uh. And um, we let Lucy say her goodbye and we said ours and then yep and then they so the and it's
0: it's pa- it's painful. If any of you listening have gone through this, you know exactly the heartache and the loss that happens when you lose a family member. I mean our fur babies are family members, um, especially when they're as special as, Berkeley was, and Lucy is, and and, um, Rico Mm -hmm. was for sure. Uh, And so they gave him the medicine to put him to sleep, and we said goodbye. We laid down on the vet, gross vet floor with him, gave him kisses, and said goodbye. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't see him
1: gone. We saw him asleep. right. Um, they, had, they hadn't, given, they hadn't given him the the rainbow bridge medicine yet. They just yeah. they just kind of eased his Put pain. Yeah,
0: yeah. And then we got in the car and with Lucy and we went home and crazy enough, but she was fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was fine because she had that. I guess she had that closure that she needed. And um, I mean, of course, we were all sad around the house, but it was nothing like the whole experience when she lost Berkeley. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, so Rico was really special. So what happened was we come home and Stace, we're, I mean, we're crying, I mean, we're just a mess. And Stace through her tears said, I think I want to write a children's book. And I mm-hmm. said, really? And she goes, yeah. And I said, I think that's awesome. Let's do it. I mean, because I, he was really different and special. And so she comes home and literally sits, as soon as we walk in the door, sits at the computer And you write the children's book Mm -hmm. right then. Mm -hmm. And it comes out in an hour. You had it Mm -hmm. written. And I came over and, of course, I edited it and I added things to it. And I was like, I think, I mean, I think I said this, but I said, I think we need to call it Rescued by Rico. Mm -hmm. Because, and again, you understand this if you're listening, that when you rescue a dog or you have a dog or a cat or whatever that's, that's yours, You often are rescued by them more than they are by you. And so, okay, (laughs) Um, swallow it down. Um, But Rico, in so many ways, rescued us, and not that we even felt like we needed to be rescued. I mean, we were fine, we were Mm -hmm. great, you know, it wasn't like that. But he gave us a perspective on things and life and. Um, hardship and all of that, that I'm not sure that we would have had without Rico. I mean, patience. Patience, yeah, I mean, and just dealing with pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's so much about Rico and who he was and what he went through, and knowing that you can go through the hardest of, I cannot imagine living through not one, but two higher than cat four hurricanes. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think they were maybe both cat fives, but living outside through that and having to scrounge for your own food and all of that, I I literally can't imagine that and how scared. I mean, because he definitely experienced anxiety. We Mm -hmm. saw that. Um, So he just showed us that you can go through the absolute hardest of circumstances and end up in the best of circumstances. I mean, one thing... Ooh, that I'm really proud of with us is that we gave him the best five months of his life. I'm sure of mm-hmm. it, um, and ooh, just because of the way that we loved him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, yeah, I think what he gave us, or what we gave him, and the sacrifices we made were um, were equaled mm-hmm. for sure to what he gave to us and our right. family.
1: But it, but it just he taught us like unconditional love and what that looks like. Yeah. Um, And, you know, we're both Christians and, um, and believe that, you know, love is love Mm -hmm. and, um, and it's not our place to judge people. And, um, and as sick as he was, he still just loved us. Mm -hmm. And he didn't care that we were two women, you know, um, he just saw us as, People that just loved him. He didn't look at skin color. Mm-hmm. He didn't look at
0: gender. He didn't look at. I mean, anything. It's like if he, we gave him love, and so he gave it back to us tenfold, right. which was, which was really beautiful. It was, it was, really, which is the
1: way the world needs okay. to be. It does need to be like um, that. We all but, have a lot to learn from Rico, yes. for sure. um And so, so this book, um we, we kind of shelved it um, for for a while. Uh, just because we honestly, you know, we were working on other things in other businesses, and um, it's not a cheap project um, at all, and especially to do it right. And we didn't know how to do a children's book. We didn't know how to do publishing and editing and all that kind of stuff. That's I still don't feel like I know. No. I still, I
0: still feel like we're learning every single day of how to get this thing, right? You know,
1: into the world. Um. But. Um, We met an artist here in Columbia at a a Christmas show. Charleston. I mean, what did I say? Columbia. (laughs) Columbia. (laughs) We're in Charleston. Um, At a Christmas show over at um, Vintage Coffee. Like years ago. Years ago. Yeah. And I literally fell in love with her artwork. I'd seen it at other coffee shops and uh, one of our local breweries, and um, I was like, "That's who I want to do our book." And at the time, um, we were just starting owning me gear, gear, and we were just doing our coaching, consulting, and so it was just like, she gave us a quote, and we're like, "I just can't. It's really not in our budget right now to do it." And so we just kind of shelved it, and for two years, for two years, and then um, Shanna comes back around, um, which we're friends with her, and so I mean, and keep in touch with her quite often. But she came back around and said she was doing this TV show, and one one episode was going to be on rescues, and she wanted to really talk about Rico. And then she asked if we had had the book done, and of course that was right at the beginning of COVID, mm-hmm. and we're like, uh, no. Um, but that but we could, can. but we can, because it needs to happen because people need to hear Rico's story and we, we want to be able to donate whatever we can to organizations, um, that help rescues. So that was kind of our green light. That was kind of the light under our feet to say, um, the fire in our feet to say let's get it done so we reached back out to Tammy Boyce the one and only, only Tammy Boyce here in Charleston South Carolina amazing artist illustrator um, but to be completely
0: transparent we still didn't have the money for it no. I mean we, we didn't and so we were so committed to it and we knew that it was going to be a success that we opened up a credit card and we put it on the credit card yes, and we said we'll exactly. pay it off uh, when and we, we can, can pay it off yeah. and so we got an 18 month interest free Um, no payments till 18 months credit card and we put it on that yeah and um and so that's how so a lot of times when you start something you feel like you don't have the resources whatever it is whether it's the time or the money or whatever sometimes you just have to make the resources sometimes you just have to say i'm betting i'm gonna bet the farm on this Mm -hmm. and so we're gonna make that sacrifice now for it to pay off in the future
1: yeah and that's what we did for our wedding. I mean, yep. we didn't have money to pay for a wedding yep. and a big reception. So we just opened up a couple of credit cards and said, we'll pay it off when we pay it off. And, and, they're, all and off. they're all paid off. And they're all paid off less than two years later. So, um, And that's what, you know, um, we just we just put our minds to something and we make it happen. And you're right. We definitely didn't have the money um, or the knowledge on how to do it. But luckily, Tammy Boyce and um, Susan Burlingame. Uh, came up beside us. Susan, is our editor, came up, like right beside us in on this journey and um, and taught us and are still teaching us um, because luckily Tammy and Susan both have been have published uh, children's books and edited children's books and so they've been through the the ropes on it and are are great teachers. So by we had to give all credit to them, a lot of the credit to them on getting us where we are because of, because of the editing and the illustrations and the, um, the, guide, the the map that they've mapped out for us on how to get it to market and where we need to go and get it published. So that would be another thing that I would yeah. just stop and
0: highlight is find mentors. Mm-hmm. Find mentors who've already done it and then learn from their expertise um, if they're willing to share with you and their experience, and yeah. so
1: you know, sometimes you don't have the
0: resources, sometimes you don't have the knowledge. There are answers to all of those things.
1: Yeah. It's so funny; people reach out that have reached out to us since um, hearing about our book um, and said, "Hey, can you help me?" And we're like we have no idea. We had to find, we had to Google it and and really partner with a great illustrator yeah. and editor to walk us through the process. Yeah,
0: I know. I've spent. I mean, because we. We ended up getting it published, our paperback on KDP mm-hmm. with Amazon, so that's um, the Kindle Direct. I think publishing is what it's called. Uh, we we chose not to do an ebook because we just didn't think that our um, Kindle version, because mm-hmm. we just didn't think that many people would read that on for a children's book. So we just got a paperback through KDP, and we got the hardback through Ingram Spark. Mm-hmm. And what's good about that, just for the little bit that we know, but what's good about that is once you get it on through Ingram Spark. Then you can put it out digitally to all the different book networks. And then anybody connected or associated to those book networks can buy your book. Right. So that's kind of the benefit of that. So we have our draft copy of the paperback and we're waiting on our draft copy of the hardback. So we're in, I mean, we're ready to go into full production. So once we had those things in place, then we were like, we need to introduce this to the world. How do we do it? Now, we did a Kickstarter, which is crowdfunding. So there's two main kick crowdfunding platforms. One of them is Kickstarter, which we did that through OME Gear. And while it was successful, it was way harder than we ever expected. But for some reason, we decided to do a crowdfunder again. But we chose to go through Indiegogo, which is the other kind of main crowdfunding platform. Um, We homemade our video ourselves. Uh, We put together the whole crowdfunding campaign page and we're just marketing it through our friends and family and asking everybody that we know to share this, to try to get it to catch on so that it spreads beyond our immediate network. Right. Um, through the Indiegogo. So like with Indiegogo, with crowdfunding campaigns, they usually last 30 days and basically you set a goal, which we set our goal low, 5,000 that wouldn't even cover the illustrations of the book. And so um, so we, but we just set it up for, cause you have to have a, a number. So we put it at that. Um, and I mean, we're hoping to raise hundreds of thousands of dollars because what we decided, and this was a conversation that you and I had where we're going to give a portion of the proceeds to rescue organizations yes. who we know of, who we really respect are right. doing great things. They're no kill shelters. You know, we just really love what they're doing. And so, do you remember, we've, we've had multiple conversations, and at first we were like, let's do 10% of the proceeds. Mm-hmm. And then we just kind of sat on that for a while, and then we came back to it, and we we're like, that's too low. Like, we don't yeah. feel good about only 10% nothing. Like, right. these organizations are all, like, Volunteer. they don't get paid, they're nonprofit. They, we need to do more than that. And so we're like, all right, let's do 20. Right?
1: Yeah.
0: So then we get ready to go live on Indiegogo and do a national press release through Deja um, McMillan, who's our... PR firm, Pearl PR, um, and we decided to do a national, and we're like, 20's too low. Yeah. 20's too low. And so we both, and this happens often with us, but we both landed on the number 50%, yeah. that if we're going to do this, we want half of all of our proceeds, we want to write a check of half of all the proceeds mm-hmm. to these organizations. So we do think we've put time into it excuse me, we do think we've put a lot of work into it. And so we are going to keep 50%, but I guarantee you that 50% is going to go back into giving somewhere else. Yeah. Um, but directly, we want to do 50%. Directly to four organizations. Do you want to talk about yep. what those are?
1: Yep. So, um, our first organization, we've partnered with Charleston Animal Society here in Charleston, South Carolina. They are an amazing organization. We have supported them throughout the years. They have a big chili cook off every year, uh, which is a lot of fun. Um, and you get and go and taste like hun- hundreds of chilies um, and see animals. and. But they just do it so much. Good here in the Low Country and beyond. Yeah, um, and so we've partnered with them. We also have partnered. I mean, like
0: in the in the hundred hundreds of thousands, I think, or maybe I'm exact, but they've they've rescued. A, oh, throughout
1: their, their yeah. Their yeah, family. I mean,
0: hundreds of thousands of animals, which is
1: insane. I think he said they, they were able to find homes for 70,000 animals last year. Yeah,
0: we might not be getting those numbers right, yeah. but I'm telling you, it's it's a lot where it's amazing.
1: Yeah, and and then there's a call for the love of a Paul. Um, it is a dear, dear friend of ours, but mine from the past, um, who she and I worked together, Brandy Hudson. Brandy is a hospice nurse and there, there are two special people in this world that take a, it takes a lot. And that is a hospice nurse and someone that does rescues. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brandy used to work with me and, and Brandy will tell you that she used to say, I'm going to be late. And I'm like, what? What'd you pick up? Cause I knew she was, she found an animal or a dog on the side of the street or a kitten or a bird or whatever. And I just the, saw that she recently rescued a turtle. Yeah. Which yep, is amazing. Yep. The only thing she wasn't allowed to bring in the office was a snake. Um, those <laughs> do not need rescuing. Um, and so, but she, she has one of the biggest hearts of mm-hmm. anyone I know and feels for these animals, loves these animals um, and just, in, in vets people, she wants to find the right home. You know, none of her animals are for sale. Uh, she vets them. She gets them, I mean, like vets going, like Dr. Vets, um, but all of hers is volunteer. Um, but she'll like go
0: to a home where a dog has been chained up on a tree for 30 days or something. Yeah. And it actually, one recent one, the chain that was around the dog's neck had worn into the dog so much that it was down to the bone. Yeah. I mean, it was a major gash on the dog's neck. And she went and basically took that dog out of that backyard and said, no, no, sir, no, ma'am. She will will lose
1: her life over a dog. I mean, and and I'm not saying she she is going to, but that, I mean, she just like, I will go to the ends of the earth for these animals. Yeah. They, they, I mean, she That's has beautiful. Actually. Yeah. She's married with two children. Her children are the same way. And they, um, she just has a heartbeat for the underdogs and, and the people that are, um, not, I mean, no pun intended there, um, uh, or the under kitties. Um, but she So yeah. that, you know, part of the proceeds is going to go for her. And then we have fetch out in, um, in Utah, really neat organization. They were on our other podcast called Do It in Nature. Uh, but they also rescue uh, special needs dogs, and they also have a hospice care on their yeah, farm. called Fetch Cares. Yep. And then we have the big
0: dog. Well, and I just want to say, so we just had them, Tori and Tony, their brother and sister, who run Fetch. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're so amazing, and we had the privilege of meeting them through my sister, like you right. said, who works out there at Fetch in Park City, Um and it's, I mean, it's been so impactful to Christy, my sister, to be able to work there because it's a family run organization mm-hmm. on 30 some, I mean, a lot of acres, maybe it's more than that. I don't know, but it's a huge farm. Uh, maybe it's 50 acres. And it's yeah. 50 acres, but yeah, then they have acres. access
1: to like 500 other acres. Yeah.
0: But, um, but yeah, they, their, their family started this whole thing and we just had them on our other podcast, which is called do it in nature. So, if you're interested at all, I would highly recommend you go back and listen to that episode um, on Do It in Nature mm-hmm. about Tony and Tory Sailor. So, anyway, yep. what's the what's the fourth one?
1: Um, the Big Dog um, Ranch Rescue. Yeah, did I get that? Yep, right? yep. And they're out. They're in Florida. Um, they're I think they're kind of close to Orlando. I'm not really sure exactly where they are in Florida. They were a big part of. I think. N-
0: remember, we talked to them yesterday, and they're three hours south of. Um, Daytona. So maybe
1: they're a little bit closer to Miami. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they, um, I mean, no, I don't think. I know they were a big part of helping getting Rico here to us. Um, They were willing to take Rico. Uh, Luckily, we were able to get him before they did it, so he didn't have to go to the rescue. But um, this organization is huge. They, uh, The owner, we had a conversation with her just yesterday, and she she was doing. Uh, it's called her hundred hundred dog run or something like that. Where she comes up to South Carolina from Florida, and she said, and it's never just a hundred dogs. Last trip, she she rescued three hundred dogs from South Carolina, all over South Carolina, and brought them down to Florida to the ranch. All these are no kill shelters, um, huh. so they really just take care of their their animals, uh, making sure that they find their forever homes. Um, and give them the care that they need it's cool we'll
0: link all these um all four of these organizations are so incredible i mean what they're doing and the passion around it is really really incredible Mm -hmm. we'll put all the websites in the show notes um so definitely go check them out if you're if you're interested in that yeah so we need to wrap this up um but here's how you can help us. And we're just going to shamelessly ask because we're asking for us, but we're more asking for these rescue organizations. Go onto, and the the link will be in the show notes as well, but click on the Indiegogo campaign. If if you just go to indiegogo.com and type in rescued by Rico, you'll find it. But the link, like I said, again, will be in the show notes. So you can just click right from there. Uh, but go on there and you can, if you don't care about a book, you can donate. So there's a link where you just say, you know, back this project or something um, and you can just donate money um, or you can, there's different what they call perks. So how crowdfunding works is you go in and you support the project or the campaign with your money and then associated with that, what you get uh, by giving money is a certain perk or a reward. and so we have a number of different rewards in there. We actually worked with a manufacturer um, to get a Rico dog um, created. So it's a custom one-of a kind little Rico dog um, where there's packages where you can buy a book, a hardback book signed by yours truly, uh, Stace and I mm-hmm. and um, a Rico dog and or you can do five of them if you have you know a bunch of grandkids or whatever. But this is an awesome book for, um, number one, to teach about the importance of rescue animals. Number two, to help navigate the conversations, the really hard conversations with kids and frankly, even adults, when animals have to pass over Mm -hmm. the Rainbow Bridge. It really puts it in a, um, a light where Sweet Rico got to the Rainbow Bridge and all of his Friends, dogs, bunnies, cats were waiting with signs on the rainbow welcoming him home, including Berkeley. Including Berkeley. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it's we try to get it's 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 message filled, uh, through the book, so it has a purpose to it. And I'll just say, as a side note, we had our nieces and nephew here with us for the past week, and it became their very favorite book. And our seven year old niece is able to read amazingly and so she read the whole book out loud to us and it was her thing that she wanted to do that um, every night so she said this is my favorite book i love it i love it so from the mouth of babes this is a really awesome book Mm -hmm. and we're super super proud of it super proud of what tammy Boyce did with the illustrations they're really colorful and fun and um so it really tries to paint a hard circumstance into a beautiful light right so anyway all that to say I think that's it. I think yeah. we kind of covered Sweet Rico, and um, this book is in his honor
1: Yeah, for all the lives that he touched, both we just, in
0: Puerto Rico and here.
1: Yeah, we just uh, appreciate anyone's support um, to share it, share a story. Um, man, and those Rico doll, dolls are so dogs... Puppies, they're cute and soft. They're like 16 and a half yeah, inches. so they're, so they're bigger. Good size. Um, and so, oh my gosh, just go and support that and just know that, you know, every dollar you spent, half of it goes to one of these organizations.
0: Yeah, and I would also say if you know any rescue organizations or, you know, anything that would help us promote this and you would make an introduction, we would be super grateful. Uh, the more we can get it spread out to, and maybe some of you know... You know, celebrities who are connected to rescue organizations, if that's the case, any introductions you can make for this would be really welcomed and just really appreciated. Mm-hmm. So you can just reach out to us directly. My email is weldon at, um, you can just send, I have a couple different ones, but you can send it to weldon at O-M-E. Gear.com. So ocean mountains earth ome gear.com. And we would certainly welcome any kind of introductions that you'd be willing to make. Mm -hmm. Um, But thanks in advance for your help. Thank you so much for supporting this with your money and also with your time by sharing it. And uh, we hope to make a little difference in the world of rescue animals. Thanks a bunch. We hope you go make it an awesome week.